Forerunners podcast. You're listening to part one of our interview with Sika Henry. Sika is a HOGA-sponsored athlete who's won two marathons and has participated in countless triathlons. She's going for her pro card. So here it is. Without further ado, enjoy. We're here with Sika Henry. Hello. Hi. How are you? <laughs> Good. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to have you on here. I've probably expressed that to you many times by now. Mm-hmm. But we'll just get right into it and and uh, and find out where you're from. Where you? Where do you? Where were you born at? I was born in New York City. Um, most, oh. I know. Yeah. Most people are surprised by that. Yeah. I think I consider this the country out here. <laughs> So yeah, I'm from originally New York City. I grew up in Northern Jersey, right outside of New York City. Um, my parents still live there. You can see New York City from their house. Nice. Um, so yeah, definitely a city girl. Awesome. Yeah. This is my year anniversary of going to New York City for the first time. It just popped up on my social media time hop mm-hmm. that I went to New York for the first time last, last year. That's this, crazy. Today, last year. That's crazy. So I lo- I loved it. Uh-huh. It was... I, living there would be a different animal. It is. It's yeah. funny because it was all I knew for so long. And now, like when I go back, it's crazy to me. I'm like, how did I ever work after college? I worked out and I worked in New York City in the financial district. <laughs> I'm like, how did I deal with all these people and all this craziness? And Yeah. I yeah. mean, it is, it is, this is, like you said, this is kind of rural compared to that. Like mm-hmm. it's slow living. Yep. So, so I really want to talk about your family because... Yep. You're very close to them. Mm-hmm. You, you um, so tell us a little bit about about your immediate family. Okay, yeah, uh, I consider my parents like my best friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm extraordinarily close to them. Um, they come to all my races, as you can see on mm-hmm. social media. They're always there. Um, my brother was a competitive swimmer, and he's an athlete, super athletic. So he gets it. He gets all the training and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, big age gap between us, so he's oh, okay. in his mid twenties, and I'm so jealous. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, they're they're great. Um, when I went to Kona last year and competed at the Ironman World Championships, my dad actually flew out there and was there for you know the whole thing and cheering me on and stuff. So um, yeah, and then even with COVID, like it, you know, it sucked that everything changed and yeah. I had to work from home remotely. But it was also nice because. Usually I'm so neck deep in doing so many things in training that I don't get to spend as much quality time with them. Mm-hmm. But with uh, races being canceled and being able to work from home, I got to go up there and spend weeks at a time yeah. Yeah, at their house. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I noticed that they're, without a doubt, mm-hmm. they are like your biggest fans. Mm-hmm. Like they are <laughs> super supportive. Yeah. I, I really like following... You know, I can just you can just see the strength of your relationship just mm-hmm. through just through your uh, your just your Instagram. So, yeah. um, so what brought you from New York, the New York area, to this area? Oh gosh, honestly, a man. <laughs> hey, that happens. <laughs> well, we broke up. Thank goodness. Um, but yeah, we were doing long distance, and he lived in Virginia Beach. I was working in New York City, and I was working crazy long hours. And when I came out here, it was so nice like being by the beach and people were done working at like 5 p.m i'm like oh my gosh this is great you can actually have a life you can go outside and you know run on trails and um he was like you should put your resume online and see what happens and ferguson hired me 
And so, yeah, I packed my bags and I moved out here and I haven't left. Yeah. I mean, something, if you've, on social media, if you follow you, mm -hmm. you see a lot of training, mm -hmm. a lot of race stuff, but people don't, people might not know that you're legit a competitive athlete mm -hmm. that's balancing a whole entire career. <laughs> that is, that's impressive. Yeah. So Thanks. about Ferguson, I, uh, I have a connection to Ferguson because I go to a, every location like almost every day because i'm a plumber so oh, i yeah i didn't know that yeah. so you would know ferguson oh yeah i yeah. use ferguson like okay. i go in ferguson all the time okay so i thought it was cool that you you work there i okay. my favorite location is the the New central Fortnite's. location in, off bland yeah okay so they're the guys who help us mm -hmm. they're like on the money i'll call mm -hmm. in a part and I'll go there and like tent, like I'll drop, start driving there from the restaurant or wherever I'm working at, mm -hmm. and they'll have the part pulled for me, no question. Yep. With yeah. a good attitude and everything. Yeah, so. that's what Ferguson's known for: customer service. Yeah, I really, I really, I really appreciate Ferguson in yeah. my own life. So it's really yeah. cool, cool that you work there. So you're working remotely. I am. Yeah. Since yeah. April, I want to say. Yeah, you're yeah. you're sitting right where my wife works now because she's a oh, she yeah she's a Dollar Tree person okay. so she is doing everything remotely so yeah. it's fascinating the remote working is fascinating because apparently a lot of people are finding that people are working efficiently from home yeah I mean there's definitely less interruptions mm -hmm. um, I find sometimes I lose track of time mm -hmm. and before I know it I you know haven't taken my lunch break or something like that um, and even on the weekends I find like my laptops open and I'm like well you know might as well just bang this out or something so yeah <laughs> That's funny. yeah nice yeah. all right so let's talk let's get into your athletic background a little bit when you were younger what, what kind of things did you do athletically Pretty much everything. Oh, okay. um, tried everything: gymnastics, softball, basketball. Um, but I was primarily a swimmer. Okay. I swam all four years of high school, and as I tell people, you wouldn't think that seeing my swim times at races, you would think that I had, you know, I was an adult onset swimmer. But no, I actually <laughs> did grow up swimming. Yeah. Um, and then my senior year of high school, I was kind of burned out from swimming, but I still wanted to be in a sport. So I tried out for my track team. Uh, college, or sorry, high school coach saw me playing around in gym. Thought that I could jump really high. That I should try high jump, and I did high jump, and I was pretty decent at it. And fell in love with the sport. I had already gotten into college at that point, Tufts University. Okay. And I contacted the college coach, and she let me walk onto the team. Nice. So I did track and field all four years of college and went to NCAAs and uh, this was division three though. But right. um, yeah, I went to NCAAs, was all American and yeah. Yeah. So you kind of, you kind of, uh, it was kind of a natural progression, progression into running. Yeah. So, or did you, so, sort of, did, or did you do a lot of jumping and jumping and, and short, like 400 meter. I think I did like maybe Just three, eight hundreds. Yeah. The My coach stuff. wanted me to do, uh, the heptathlon and I didn't want to do it because 800s at the end and I'm like I don't want to have to run a half mile <laughs> <laughs> that's funny so okay so you graduate from college yep. as a collegiate athlete mm -hmm. um, let's talk a little bit about how you got into really just road running as mm -hmm. somebody who wasn't in college anymore and just mm -hmm. choosing to to go do some races like how how'd that pan out yeah, it's interesting because I never was into distance running. Um, I didn't like it in college. I didn't, 
the longest I would run is three miles, and I thought that was just brutal. I felt like it took all day. Yeah. I didn't like it. Um, and then I, but after college, I did want to stay in shape. And being in New York City and seeing New York City Marathon and people running in Central Park and stuff like that, it's like, well, you know, I need to stay active. So I did start running distances. And I always kind of like had a marathon on my bucket list because I did watch the Boston Marathon. I went to college up there. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I signed up for a marathon. I hadn't even done a half marathon. Oh, so you just kind of made the jump. <laughs> yeah. I know. I hadn't done from 10K. Eight, from 800s to, <laughs> yeah. to a marathon. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I think I did a couple 5Ks, but yeah, it was yeah. pretty much just like... I'm going to sign up for this marathon and I didn't really train properly. I maybe did one long run, like one mm. 20 miler. And then I went like an idiot to do the Atlantic city marathon. And it was actually going really well, um, through like mile 17. And then I sort of just hit the wall yeah. and I was walking and puking everywhere and I wanted to quit. There was a, uh, I've told this story so many times that there was a, <clears throat> spectator standing on the side of the road she had a cell phone and i was like oh can i borrow your cell phone so she was like sure so i called my best friend because she was at the race cheering me on i want her to come pick me up and she didn't answer the phone so then i had to finish the stupid race and cover it in puke and everything but i did break four hours which looking back now is kind of crazy considering all the walking and sickness so yeah in you my must have had a strong start, yeah. Yeah, I did. And mm -hmm. I just felt like, okay, if I ever do put my mind to doing this again and I train properly, I could probably run a decent time. So how long after that did you sign up for another one? Seven years. <laughs> oh, it took seven years? Well, at least... <laughs> to talk myself into it. But between over those seven years, there were a lot of 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons. Okay, so finally you... breaking 130 in the half marathon. I'm like, all right, I can finally handle this. So marathon. you did kind of build up distances I did. eventually. I did, yeah. Gotcha, mm -hmm. gotcha. Um, I have called it quits on a couple runs and tried to call my wife to come get me. Yeah. But the last time I did it was with, in the heat of this summer. Mm -hmm. And I called her, I was like, babe, I'm like three miles away. Can you come get, come get me? Mm -hmm. She was like, nah. <laughs> I'll see you in a little bit. I was like, so oh, you had so to now. walk home? Yeah. My my wife is stone cold. Man. Yeah. Hey, it's like that sometimes. It taught you a lesson, I'm sure, to go out a little slower and bring more fluid. Yeah, it was. Yeah, the heat got me real bad this summer. But yeah, yeah she she's stone cold. But she what she does is she believes in me mm -hmm. in like a hard way. You know, like mm -hmm. nah, you can get home. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, uh, when was your first marathon where you were like, all right, I'm clicking with this. Um, locally, 2015, the inaugural one, Newport News One City Marathon. If, yeah. if they, they've listened to this show, they know that's like the only only marathon I've run. So. <laughs> like I'm very familiar with it. It's a yeah. great point to point. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it is. So how did you do in that in that one? I won. <laughs> So I went from, you know, marathon, puking, walking, oh my gosh, this is awful, to like my second one and winning it. Yeah. yeah. Did you did you expect to win? No, gosh no. It was a surprise. I didn't huh? oh yeah. They I um I didn't really have a time goal either. It was just I wanna enjoy this. That's what I said to myself. <clears throat> I decided I wanted to go out really conservatively. There was a pace group. I think the pace group was like 320 or something. It was for people who were trying to qualify for Boston. Mm -hmm. So I went out with them really easy. And then um, I didn't realize where I was. I don't even think I cared what place I was in. 
but I think around mile 21, I had the lead bike female yeah. pacer with me, mm-hmm. and I'm looking around like, are you are you here for me? Yeah, this is a. I've heard this kind of reaction before. Like, yeah. somebody who's like in the lead, yeah. doesn't really know it, right. and they're like having a hard time believing the bike lead. Yeah, yeah, I'm like shouting out, like, "Am I winning?" And she's like, "Yeah, yeah, keep going, keep going." I'm looking around, like, "Really? This is nuts." So that's awesome. Yeah, it was. So, um, I've seen you've actually won two marathons. Yeah. What was the second one that you won? Uh, one city the next year, 2016. Gotcha. gotcha. Yep. So you defended your title. And that was way different. Was <laughs> experience. it? Oh my gosh, like night and day. When 2015 happened, I, I think I was in the lead from 10 to the end and it was really comfortable. Everything was great. But then, you know, your expectations start coming in. There was in. a pressure, yeah. Oh yeah, I wanted to defend so bad. I knew that there was going to be um, more competition because... Um, maybe Shamrock. Yeah, Shamrock was the same time and they had gotten rid of their prize money so I knew more people were coming to one city and mm-hmm. and Point Two was actually my very first sponsor. They had sponsored me for the race. So yeah, I, I just wanted to I wanted to PR, I wanted to win and I went out way too fast. Um, yeah. there were a bunch of girls in it and I went out with them instead of sticking to my own plan. It ended up being really hot that year, unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. Um, I was losing. <laughs> and by mile 17, I started hitting the wall. And if you've done one city, you run through Boundary. Actually, I think they changed this, but you sort of run through Boundary Boulevard mm-hmm. where um, the gravel and stuff is. And it just chewed me up. And I was looking around for a place to quit. And there was nowhere where I could just kind of peel off and get a ride back. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, okay, get to mile 20 because I had a friend that was going to be there cheering for me. I was like, just get to mile 20, get to mile 20. And then I got there and she was like, come on, you look great. And I kept going. And by 20, by 23, I saw the first place woman. Oh, okay. And that was like a carrot. And I just picked up the pace and... Yeah, I ended up winning again. But that time was way harder. Yeah. Way harder. It reminds me of Des Linden when she won Boston. Mm Because she, I think in like really early on, she was like, this isn't my day. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to quit. I'll Mm -hmm. run with you a little bit. And then she ended up winning. Right, right. So that's really cool. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's amazing. Second wins and stuff like that and and resilience Mm -hmm. have incredible results a lot of times. So Um, now... You have made a little bit of a jump yeah. very recently yes. to just being a marathoner mm-hmm. to being an ultra marathoner. Mm-hmm. You had signed up for uh, the Nolan Trail 50K. Yes. And I was really excited about it. You yeah. were really excited about it. And unfortunately, you got moved. Right. But you decided, I'm going to do this thing anyways. <laughs> like, how did that pan out? Yeah, so. Uh, When they got canceled, I was bummed because I was like, oh, finally a race I can do. Mm -hmm. And um, I was training for it. I had my coach had already kind of laid out like a plan, taper, everything. And I felt like the fitness was coming. And I'm like, you know what? I still want to run the distance, even if it's not, you know, um, an actual event or at the Nolan Trail. And my friend Steven, who is Steven Keller, he lives out here. He's an incredible athlete, way faster than me, and he's training for 100K, and he's like, hey, if you still want to run it, I'll pace you. So I was like, all right, great. So I just kind of mapped out, like, so we decided to do it the same day that the race would have taken place. Um, We mapped out a 50K by my house. So it was three loops. My garage, like, driveway was our aid station, so we would pass it three times. 
and we just kind of made our own self-supported 50k and you know i told him the paces that i wanted to hit that i was tapering and you know we decided we would go through the marathon anywhere between 305 and 310 and then i would try to pick up the pace in my head i thought yeah. i could pick up the pace but after i went through the marathon that was very difficult mm -hmm. but um yeah it was great i thought on a good day i could break 350 i thought on an incredible day i could break maybe 340 but i ended up right in between and we ran 345 so yeah i mean we've talked on this podcast before <clears throat> mm -hmm. about virtual races and how really most people for most people it's way a virtual race is difficult it is you don't have a crowd right you don't have a a bunch of people to to uh help push you yep. like during the race yep and then so we and, and aid stations yeah, too along the way we've mm -hmm. definitely talked about how finishing any virtual distance mm -hmm. is an impressive feat mm -hmm. so taking on the the an ultra distance yeah. was highly impressive thank and you I, we like i to told you we don't really ever mention paces too much but you yeah. did finish like around like a 716 pace right yeah yep i mean that 31 miles virtually I mean, that just gives the people a taste of, you know, Yeah. that's, that's very, very impressive. Yeah. Thank so you. did you, yeah. so after 26.2 miles, it got a little, it got after, a little. After, no, please. Like at 23, it was like, am I going to finish this? I don't know. Oh my gosh. I was dying. If he hadn't been there, I would have probably stopped at 26.2. Mm -hmm. You didn't walk, did you? Oh, no, no. I saw, I saw no. it was one of your goals not to. Yep, it was. And I didn't. And we actually stayed fairly consistent. Um, the slowest mile, I want to say, was the 730 or something. Mm -hmm. um, but other than that, it was fairly consistent pace. Yeah. How did your body feel afterwards? Like roadkill. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Did it, it take you a little bit really to recover? Bad. It did, yep. Yeah. Um, I think there's a huge difference between doing an ultra on a trail versus an ultra on the roads. Mm -hmm. um, definitely my body felt really beat up after. I wasn't used to that at all. Um, and I'm surprised how beat up I felt because I've done, you know, an Ironman. Yeah. And this was, I, it actually took me longer to recover from this than even doing an Ironman. Yeah. What, what are some of your, what are some of the ways that you do recover? Like, what are some things that you do to recover from like a difficult uh, effort? Um... Epsom salt baths. I did that after this one. That helps I, a lot. I took one today. <laughs> yes, they're great. They're especially the older you get. I'm like, oh gosh. Do you that. get a scent? Do you get a certain scent? Lavender. I don't do lavender, but I did Ooh. discover orange recently. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll have to try nice. that. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I, I like orange, lavender. and I like the deep sea kelp. This this okay. is an interesting I... <laughs> conversation. <laughs> it is. No, it could, you know puts you in that mood. I pour, you know, I open open a bottle of wine, although I wouldn't suggest that for recovering. Um, but it was like my celebr celebration. Oh, yeah. You can do what you want when you do a yes, 50K. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, and I do, I have um, a, like a massage gun. Mm -hmm. I use at a day's um, massage gun. I really like that. And then I have um, compression, um, the compression boots that I put on. Gotcha. I use okay. Speed Hounds compression. Are those so, the ones that go over your whole legs? Like, exactly. Gotcha. Yeah. What, is, mm -hmm. what does that do? Does that, is it like a... Compression, like a, it fills like it fills with air. Yes. So it's like it, for your whole leg, it's like a, a a blood pressure thing. Yeah, it is. That's interesting. Yep, yep, it 
it constricts contracts, yeah. I guess. And yeah, and I do notice a difference with that for sure. And it's only like, you know, 20, 30 minute session. You can just sit there watching TV mm -hmm. while it's on. I had I just had a physical therapist named Dr. Stephen McKenzie on, mm -hmm. and you've hit everything that he said mm -hmm. that we should be doing to recover. Okay. <laughs> so cool. good job. Thank you. Good. Yeah. Good. I guess I'm doing it right then. Yeah. So um, uh, people who who know you, uh, and people who know you're going to be on the show know from the announcement and from just following you that you are actually a Hoka athlete. Mm. Can you tell us the story of how that came to be? Sure, yeah, unexpectedly. Um, I never would have thought in a million years a company that big would be supporting me. But mm -hmm. um, in 2017, I was in, I started getting pretty competitive with triathlon, and I spoke at a conference called the Triathlon Business International Conference. And I was on a panel about diversity and inclusion, and that is one of the things that I'm really passionate about. Mm -hmm. um, because in the sport of triathlon, which is a lot different than running, it's not diverse at all. Yeah. Um, so I spoke on that, and I stated up there for the first time publicly that I wanted to be the first African-American woman to turn pro in triathlon. Mm -hmm. Not that I had any results that would show that I was capable of that, but I believed it. And one of the agents who actually recruits athletes for Hoka happened to be in the audience, and he came up to me after. I think I was probably wearing Nikes or something, mm -hmm. but he was like, yeah, have you heard of Hoka, and would you be interested in trying the shoes? And I'm like, those big, ugly moon shoes? Like, I don't think so, no. He's like, come on, I'll send you a few pairs, and you know, you let me know what you think of them. And he sent me the Cliftons and a few others, and I went out running in them, and this was actually two weeks before the 2017 One City Marathon. And I absolutely love them. I ran that One City Marathon in them, and I PR'd by a ton. Like, nice. I ran three hours and six seconds. I just missed breaking three hours. But mm -hmm. I love the Hoka shoes. You know, contacted him. Thank you, you know. And we ended up having a formal relationship that developed over time. But mm -hmm. <clears throat> I would say in 2019 was when they our official our relationship became official okay yeah um hoka has uh leaps and bounds looked better mm -hmm. it's like some of the shoes that some of my friends are posting i'm like yeah those things are fire dude. I know, right <laughs> right like, i know wow. they I used know. to be like uh, and now they're like whoa and there's so I, many I different those. lines out yeah, yeah the colorways and, and stuff yep mm -hmm. yeah, carbon the, x and they're coming out again with the rocket x they're putting that on the market so yeah yeah they're developing I know. some fast shoes is the rocket x that the one that um jim wamsley wore when they tried to set a 50 yes. mile record and the uh, woman's winner at the um, the marathon, the Olympic marathon trials, she won the marathon in those. Really? Yep. Nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. That's interesting because I know everybody that Nike was trying to really push the alpha or the. Oh, and they four, are. So. I mean, for people trying to PR, that's the shoe that people gravitate towards. And I wouldn't say I don't feel an advantage per se in the Rocket X, but I. I don't feel beat up. I love the bounce in them. They kind of remind me of the Carbon X, but they're a lot narrower. They're just a really great shoe. Gotcha. Nice. Well, that's awesome. So to end, usually to end the first episode with a, with a guest, we end with something we're calling the advice column. And that is where you kind of give it the best advice you've ever been given or the best advice you think a runner should know as as a, or here as a runner. So, what's some advice you'd give some to some of our running listeners, which is all of listeners because they all run. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I think some of the best, one of the best advices given to me was, gosh, I don't know, like two maybe. Mm -hmm. One was run your own race. Mm -hmm. Um, I find myself getting caught up with what other people are doing in their times and how they're training and working out. And I forget to just focus on myself. Like we're all just individual athletes and we need to listen to our bodies and believe in ourselves and not, you know, it's so easy on social media, seeing the times and, and you know, I'm on Strava and all that. And I post my stuff too, but really just focus on yourself. And then another great piece of advice was, um, really just like believe in yourself. Um, as for me, and I don't know if we're going to talk about this on part two, but so many hardships I went through last year and not knowing if I was going to be able to get back to where I was after that crash I had. But mm -hmm. um, Dan Emfield, who was, he's invented the triathlon wetsuit, the triathlon time trial bike, and he owns slowtwitch.com. Um, when I told him after my crash, I wasn't sure if I could come back and stuff like that. And he was like, you really need to just believe in yourself. Like you're so much stronger than you realize. And I think a lot of athletes take that for granted. Like they don't realize it when they're in the race falling apart, that they're so strong. Mm -hmm. Like we are so capable of doing incredible things. And if you can just like, even when you're having a really bad moment in a race, if you can just embrace it and be like okay i'm just having a moment but i'm strong like you'll get through it and you'll surprise yourself nice that's that's interesting because even today some of my closest friends have given me that advice after the struggle of a run i just had mm -hmm. yeah very very similar stuff so there's a ton of wisdom in that mm -hmm. so thank you so much we'll be right back man sika is just plain awesome. I'm super excited to share next week's episode with you guys. It'll be all about the triathlon. For this week's running haiku, we have a reflection back on summer heat. It comes from Brian from the Rockin' Wally Pollies. It says this, summer rain running. I can't tell how much I've sweat. Either way, I'm soaked. That pretty much captures the experience of summer rain running. Well, folks, until next time, this is Danny, signing off. Godspeed. Godspeed.